I stopped watching the reality TV show Intervention, my fiancé was at one time as addicted to it as he is to marijuana, after noticing how largely white and middle class the strung out addicts featured on the show are. There were a few bulimics and anorexics mixed in with several alcoholics, but most of the addicts are shooting up heroin or smoking meth, what about the pop who suffer greatly from addiction? Are they not deserving of help too, or do only white lives matter to A and E's producers? I have been unable to find recent studies on intervention, but from what I saw with my fiancé, the shows had been produced after 2012, the year of the study I have cited below, the addicts were mostly white women, one was half Asian, half Hispanic, who were battling against their demons, which was usually heroin or some other opioid. Next were white men. Nearly all of the women had been molested as young girls by a family member or close family friend, and most of these addicts regardless of gender came from affluent families. Most of them were enabled by their family, as is the case with my fiancé's half-sister. The Disturbing Untold Truth of Intervention by Doug Wintemute, published August 2018 on Nikki Swift, reports that, one of the criticisms of intervention, at least in academic discourse, is how the show frames addiction in relation to whiteness. Not only are the show's subjects primarily white, 87% as of 2012, but according to Jesse Daniels from the City University of New York, even when dealing with a person who is not white, the producers of intervention present a narrative of addiction that is embedded in a white racial frame. This, Daniels argues, creates a concept of wasted whiteness for the audience. The overarching structure of the show is usually the same. The subject grew up in a happy, usually white, world surrounded by opportunity. Viewers are bombarded with pictures and videos from this happy time. Then the happiness disintegrates, and the opportunities crumble as addiction takes over. Daniels argues that intervention not only exploits the picture of the idealized sufferer, one deserving of rehabilitation and our empathy, but also compounds a bigger issue by strengthening the imaginary divide between deserving white addicts and the undeserving other. What makes the lives of middle-class white addicts with lost opportunities more worthy of salvation than members of the BIPOC communities who also struggle with substance abuse especially, in the case of Native Americans, alcoholism? And intervention. In an opinion piece for the Huffington Post published in May 2018, Jesse Daniels wrote, Over the last decade, as heroin overdoses have devastated white families, you could watch the gentler, kinder approach to white drug users play out in policy and press coverage. While Black and Latinx people got stop and frisk, press sweeps and long prison sentences for even the most minor drug involvement, white people ask for and have mostly received, responses that largely view addiction as a disease. That means emergency treatment, access to rehab, limits at pharmacies and fewer criminal charges. White people's use of marijuana is one reason many states are decriminalizing and even legalizing the drug, I consider it mostly an herb. Imagine if religious fanatics made drinking coffee illegal due to the caffeine content, or forced coffee manufacturers to only make decaf available, there would be a global outcry from enraged white people. The French and Italians would go on strike, Austrians and Hungarians would protest, and people would boycott Starbucks, Seattle's Best, and every other coffee shop. When it comes to whiteness, help is on the way and you don't have to worry about being roughed up by cops and hauled off to jail, because your skin color matters. If you are a white woman, that goes double, maybe triple. White women are the angels of the Caucasian race, put on a pedestal even by non-whites, and all they have to do is flutter their lashes or snap their fingers and they get things handed to them on a 24 gold carat platter, no matter how unattractive they might be, and many are. 
My fiancé's sister is an overweight, spotty-faced thing who barely takes care of her own son, her stupid parents do, all the cow does is run around with losers and take drugs. She's been this way the entire time I've known them, since 2014, and has had at least 10 boyfriends in that time period. She lived on the streets, camped out in the woods, with two of the jackasses who both put her in the hospital, one newly busted her spleen, and from what I've heard, she's headed that way now in Trumpland where my fiancé's redneck family and most of his friends reside. But she has only spent 60 days in jail even after being caught shoplifting at Walmart and Food Lion, among other stores, and discovered with meth pipes and opioids on her person. Why? Her skin color, why else? Dope addled on intervention. In a recent study that was published in the journal Contemporary Drug Problems, two colleagues and I did a systematic analysis of two popular television shows that deal with drugs, intervention, and law and order. In case you've missed intervention, this cable offering from A&E is a reality-based program that surprises, or tricks, people into rehab by telling them they have been selected to be in a documentary film about addiction. There's almost no chance that you've missed Law and Order, the ubiquitous procedural drama. Our study looked at nine seasons of both shows that aired between 2000 and 2010, just before the current opioid epidemic accelerated. We examined 143 episodes of Intervention and 31 episodes of Law and Order that dealt with drugs. We expected to find that the representation of white women on both shows was different from the way drug-related stories involving people of color were told. And we did. We also found that these pop culture staples reinforce deeply held cultural assumptions about the purity and goodness of white women, the echoes of which can be seen in contemporary coverage of and responses to the opioid epidemic. How TV reinforces our kinder, gentler response to white drug use. The research carried out actually revealed that 87% of intervention's main characters were white, and a little more than half of that number were white women. According to the show's executive producer this is a deliberate ploy to show that addicts aren't all poor poc living in the ghettos or barrios of America. The show challenges the stereotype of what a drug addict is, he went on to state. But in telling the stories of these substance abusers, white women are provided with sympathy not given to black and brown women who abuse drugs. Take, for example, the 2006 season 2 episode that features Kristen, a 24-year-old white woman from Wisconsin who identifies as an alcoholic and a heroin addict. The show's producers weave in the specific details of Kristen's childhood, a well-loved girl, interested in art, riding her bicycle and photos, into a strict formula to which each episode conforms. The idealized childhood is set in sharp relief against title cards that read The Heroin Addict, followed by images of Kristen shooting up. Kristen and the other white people featured on Intervention certainly challenge stereotypes about addiction. In telling us about her happy childhood and showing us her mother's anguish, these stories offer the white woman addict a kind of humanity that was never granted to African Americans in coverage of the crack epidemic. The story of Kristen, like all the stories about white people on Intervention, is one of lost potential told through the lens of whiteness. These narratives are tragedies about racialized potential squandered, the advantages of whiteness, wasted. Greater than. Greater than crack. Greater than. Greater than black kids went to jail. Greater than black men went to jail. Greater than black women went to jail. Greater than black families were devastated. Greater than black communities were ravaged. Greater than. Greater than opioids. Greater than. Greater than white kids got help. Greater than white men got help.
Greater than white women got help. Greater than white families got sympathy. Greater than white communities are getting paid. Greater than. Greater than Bishop Talbert Swan, at Talbert Swan, August 29, 2019.